Hey, everybody, this is Larry the Cable Guy. Check this out. So I'm in my truck driving with my buddy, and we was heading up to the men's warehouse to fart in the suits, and he's listening to his phone. And I said, that sounds like Hermes Sadler. He said, it is Hermes Sadler. He's got a podcast called Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I said, Sadler and the Senator? He said, yeah, that's his good buddy, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I said, well, what in the world? He didn't know this. I said, did you know that Hermie Sadler was voted one of the 50 best-looking drivers in NASCAR? He said, I did not know that. I said, because it ain't true. <laughs> you never know, though. He never takes off his helmet. But I know one thing. This show, Leaning Right, Turning Left, is good. So pull up a chair right there by your phone, get yourself a cold beer, and give a listen right here to this week's episode of Leaning Right, Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I'll tell you what, I bet Michael Waltrip's even listening. He's always wanted to do something like that. Oh, Sadler, got another one over on Waltrip. Get her done! I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm leaning right. And I'm Hermie Sadler, and I'm turning left. Leaning right and turning left is back with Sadler and the Senator. And guess what? What? Powered by Pacematic. Wow, Pacematic. Sign back on with us on our reboot. This is a new chapter in the 2023 podcast of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. And, you know, if we're going to reboot, it just can't be you and me like it was for a while, you know, because somebody was gone. We got we to gotta bring back the heat. And we brought back the heat. Shep Moss. Burn Pile himself. What's up, guys? What are you doing, Shep Moss? Man, what a beautiful location. How about this? Yeah, I'll where let you tell them we? where we are. Not I, have no, I have no friggin' clue where we are. And well, how, about you, how about this man pulling up? Yeah. Can't In hide style. money yeah. with, with a barbecue grill on the back of his pontoon boat. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, cool. it's not any kind of pontoon boat. It's I mean, the Cadillac of pontoon. Alan Joseph, no, ain't got nothing on Shep Moss. Shep Moss is one tiki bar away from being Alan Joseph. Really? I mean, he pulled up stealth-wise, comes in with the glasses on, the oh, hair's yeah. all frosted and, and slicked back. He's ready to go. He's, Even though he said he had a haircut tomorrow. He canceled his hair appointment. Oh, this afternoon, today. So he could be here with us today. And here we are at Lake Gaston in North Kakalaki, right? We are in North Kakalaki. Just over the border. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just south of the border. We are at the Sadler Compound. Is that yeah, let's call it that, yeah. Okay. Sadler what Compound. What a beautiful location. We've got, we've got Hermie's mom here. She's doing work on the, I wouldn't call this a cabin or a lean-to. We had, uh, I'd call this a I'm not only mansion. sitting in this sun. We had a. Because the light's always shining on you, Chef. We had a catastrophe. Oh. Water pipe busted over here and just ruined the middle and the bottom floors. And it's been it's been a but two years ago. No, it's been a close to a year now. Okay, but it's been a long process trying to get things back going and fixed. So, Mama's over here trying to get people to paint and get people to fix and do things. And Bill came over early today and he was talking to the the television man making me oh good buddies with the television man. <laughs> Huh. It was like the May if Mayberry had cable, that guy would have. A I'm spot. sure you made his day. He's a good guy. Yeah, hey, I got a question. I mean, he he is very diligent about finding that live well, we cable did, wire. You know, we've been off a while. Let's just tell mm -hmm. it like it is. Yeah. I was busy. You've been busy. Totally busy. We decided to take a couple of weeks off and and everybody try to get their lives back in order and as you said, reboot, regroup, and kind of a second grand opening. You might say for leaning right and turning left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. So 
we decided we'd get together during the week for a couple of days and catch up. Yep. Not only on the podcast, but also personally, we hadn't yeah. seen each other in over no, a month. It's great to see you. Yeah. Too. It really is. So, and, um, and thank you for having me in your home. Yeah. It's nice. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Going to hang out with Shep tonight, right? I hope Going so. to dinner? Yeah. You got permission? I do have permission. Memory Makers is almost a memory. Almost a memory. Yeah. You've, We're you've, so excited. And and I mean that in a good way. It's been a, a 20-year ride. We've memory Makers, for those that don't know, is like this kitschy shop right across from the great law firm of Butts and Butts in a beautiful brick kind of federal style house. Yes. And you guys have sold clothing, trinkets, gifts, yep. those kind of things. Engraved you know, personalized items. And you decided to shut it down, close it up. Well, my wife, you know, I left three years ago and Terry, she has wanted to get away from retail. As you know, we're eventually going to be moving. She's been trying to get away from your tail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably. That's, that's probably what it was. Uh, but you uh, know, excuse me. you told us to try to be funny. No, no, that's good. It's good. <laughs> we're going to, we're You're eventually going to move full time here to beautiful Lake Gaston. And as, as we go out and ride tonight, you're going to, understand why we want to move here full time but in order to do that it just we had to take the next step in life to do something uh else so she's not retiring but she is retiring from retail and we've got a wonderful uh program that's going to be launched there on our property that we're very very excited about actually it's a program that we've had on the show yes and i know hermes and you're right they've been on the show and Mm -hmm. i know hermes very familiar with it with uh feet family and Bracing Autism Together, and they're going to have a autism uh, research, training, life skills development. For parents? uh, Whomever it is, Mm. uh, for the autistic person, their families. And it's also going to focus on all special needs, just not autism. So they're going to do life skills. They're going to put in a kitchen to help teach how to prepare food. They're going to plant a garden in the back to, uh, you know, show how to to uh, grow your own food. They have therapists that will be coming in, uh, psychologists and therapists. So it should be a flagship pro- program for our region. And we're really excited if it's, you know, if you've got to go out, what a way to go by passing the torch for the property on to such a great program. And a shout out to uh, Mandy and Brian Calhoun. Yes. In fact, I spoke to both of them one day last week, and I don't know the exact date, but Angie and I have a date to go to South Hill to meet awesome. and discuss with them how I, my family can be a part of yes. uh, what they're doing with, with feet uh, in South Hill. And that is much needed in our area. How many times over have the course of the it? last year and a half yeah. – not only on this, but on so many other things, we talk about, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to, to run for office was we need more focus and attention on a number of things in our part of Virginia. Now, granted, South Hill is just outside. That's over in Mecklenburg County. But that facility, uh, the way they're planning and doing and with the uh, the people and the resources that the Calhouns and their team are putting into it, Hopefully, they'll be able to service a lot of special needs, individuals, and their families, and the community for a long time to come. So, uh, Angie and I are excited to learn more about their mission and what's going on, and uh, we're anxious to be a part of that. And they're going to take over September 1st. I'm not sure when they're going to open, because it's going to be some remodeling and rehabbing uh, time. But I think before... uh, 
gears closed, they'll be open. That's great. And and it will still smell like Shep Moss in there. Uh, no, right? no, they're going to get rid of all that. But I am going to challenge you <laughs> as a legislator, because we've had many talks, and Hermie just touched on it, with resources and funding. And I know the FEET organization has been talking over in Richmond about funding. So I'm going to challenge you as a legislator to help find funding for these types of programs because they're very, very important. Let me tell you one thing I'm doing, and I just did it today. In fact, if, if you see, I know you've probably seen them because one of our retail facilities, the the truck stop in South Hill that we did a show from, yes, mm-hmm. one time, at at our Shell Motiva locations, there is a giving pump that, that is set up at our locations that in the past has had the Facing School for Autism wrap on one of our pumps at each of our locations and we partner with Shell and Motiva to f- a donation to the Facing School for Autism for every gallon of gas that's pumped through that, that particular isn't pump. That awesome? That's now great. we are switching that. My family is switching because just so everybody understands, the Facing School for Autism is where Haley over in Richmond in, in Richmond where she went to school several years as she was um trying to, uh, we were trying to put her in the best position that we could to get her some help when she first got her diagnosis. But we are now switching all of our giving pumps at our locations over to feet. Wow. So that the money generated from all of these pumps, um, the next time around, instead of going to the facing school, which we will still support, but they're at a completely different level. Sure. Now that feet is in feet not only needs the funding, they also need the awareness. So now we will have a pump. It'll take us a couple months to get it all straight with Shell Motiva. But in the coming months, one of our pumps at all of our Shell branded locations will be wrapped up with the feet branding and colors. And every uh, there will be a commission-based donation from Shell Motiva to feet for every gallon of gas that's pumped through those branded pumps at our that's at our awesome. sites that's awesome i'm telling you and this i just is, did it's ironic but i just did i just worked on that today before we came over here. and that's why i'm saying senator this program just fills terry in our heart to be able to do this you know we would have stayed uh in business to the right thing comes along and you know when it comes along it hits you right in the face sure and uh so really when you when you get back in session now, I want you. I'm going to challenge you to try to find them some. He's challenging state you because you hadn't heard it. Yet. I am challenged. Yeah, he's throwing because, the gauntlet down because it's that important. But I'm not the guy to challenge, okay? Because I pissed most of the people off in the finance committees, and I don't think <laughs> and when I go back, not, it's going to change. You would never do that. No, I think it's in tandem with my my boy Hermie over here. The two of us have done pretty well. We'll talk about Are that. Are we leading the league and pissing people off? Um, I think we have. Uh, almost set a national <laughs> league record in pissing off members of the general assembly. Now look, even while, the ones that are leaving. <laughs> while we're talking about slip in in South Hill, they're the Shell uh, truck stop, the convenience store that's right on I-85. It's exit 12A, either direction you're going. Best fried chicken anywhere. I go there they regularly. Me, they tell me the sinks have, have a lot of water pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They make you look like you pee yourself. Listen, I, I go there happen. regularly probably once a week and get fried chicken for lunch. Don't use the bathroom. Or don't and wash your hands. If you're traveling up and down 85, stop at exit 12A, get some fried chicken, get some gas from the giving pump, and help feed out. There you go. You there are you a go. walking billboard. And where do you work, by the way? 
<laughs> I work at Boyd, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Boyd Honda. Haven't fired you yet. Haven't fired me still yet. Still there. I'm still there. Well, we love Boyd yeah. Chevrolet. Dodge, I think they're worried if they fire me, I'm going to pull out some documents and, and fight it. So they just kind of <laughs> let me do what I want to do. That's into one of my favorite words. Documents. I had to pull them out last night in your text, Midas. I mean, if you remember that. Really? Look in your text. Oh, I... All right, did we, you text we, we me? We pretend like we pay attention shit, but we... Uh, I know Bill doesn't pay Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, I remember that. Mm, sure. Mm, oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all both... I'm going to get me a Michelob Ultra out of the free. I'll get you one. <laughs> Is that how you get him to do stuff? Look at that. He Look came here. with a cooler on his back, on his boat, well, see, to this beautiful lake house. See, see Billy Boy. Look here. Look here. You can do that now, can't you? <laughs> See, Billy Boy, with Hermie, it's 50-year friendship. is called respect. See? Oh. <laughs> it's called Pardon respect. Me. Pardon me. But I'm going to say this. I'm I don't not know what go. that has to do with you giving him a beer, but okay. I'm not going go to go into the, I'm not going to go into the details of our discussions, but uh, I will say for the sake of the podcast, both of y'all I consider to be great friends and and we Bill, do you. Bill, Bill and I really, I mean, there was a time when we were on the phone talking every night mm-hmm. right. and life happens and I had stuff going on. He had stuff going on, you know, and Bill called a couple of weeks ago and he said, we need to get together. And so we decided to convene this time uh, up here at Lake Gaston and he got here a couple hours ago and it was so nice just to catch up and he told me what was going on with him. Yeah. And, and boy, uh, was I told him what was going on with me. And boy, was that a lot. <laughs> he, he just thought he had problems until he got here. We, so we did. I felt kind of small when he finished we this did, did you feel We good? did dual yeah. therapy session. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. And I think, you know, that's, that's the best part of friendship is when you Absolutely. can actually open up to somebody that you know is going to keep your secrets in trust, that, that gives you honest advice, tells you when you're dumb, tells you when you're you know, when you're hurt that it's okay. And, and uh, I think I needed that. That was a good part of the therapy. I think a whole day in the evening with you two is going to be a part of that as well. I mean, I've had a lot of stuff going on and, and it's been, you know, let's be honest. I mean, part of it was, um, during this election cycle with what you've had to deal with and Mm -hmm. me kind of seeing things in a new light, uh, with the people that I've worked with in the general assembly before that I thought were loyal to the cause, not loyal to, the apparatchik loyal to the establishment. And so, um, it, it has been a hurt. I'm um, getting over that hurt, but having friends like you guys to talk about it has made it all better. Just like we helped you with your therapeutic levels, getting them back up when you were burning shit and people were actually yelling at you and wanted you off the, uh, the town council. So that's true. It's a two way street there, Sheppy. That's true. It's always nice to have people to lean on and pull from their experiences and their perspective. And yeah, well, and I you think know, the three of us have been able to do that, except for when I try to be honest with you, you're like, shut the hell up, Shep. Oh, go to hell, Shep. You ought to see the text he sent. <laughs> it's, so it's very, it's very, it's all legal advice brutal. is what he wants. You know what he's going to say to you next time you need him to draw up a document for you. <laughs> he's going to tell you he's got to go get a haircut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At 445. Yeah. But you know, it, it's really good to, to do that. And, and one of the funny things is, is you know, we, we all kind of identify on the same levels. We all, as, as men, fathers, husbands, go through a lot of the things that are Absolutely. same or different. But, but I'm telling Hermie what's going on with my kids, and he's like, oh, no, I, I've never had to deal with that. <laughs> and so he had no perspective, which made me... But, but at the same time, when he unloaded on me with his family issues, 
um, and, and everything that's been going on, I was like, I feel really small because my stuff is really small compared to what you're talking about. But, but you get through that. And that's the best part about, you know, being a guy and being able to hang out with guys and talking about that stuff. Cause otherwise I, I think you keep it all inside and it kind of builds like Mount Vesuvius. The best news is the podcast is fixing to be lit because mm. I'm no longer running for office. Yeah. I have no future political aspirations. Yeah. And Shep is soon enough going to be out of the political arena because he's going to move to another one of his multiple housing properties. What? And you're going to be the only one we can pick on left, Billy Rose. And Uh, it's going to be some challenges coming your way. I can tell you. Well, you've already thrown one at me. Oh, that's right. I'm challenging you. I'm supposed to get you money. And I mean, what's your dad's house? I'll talk to you later. (laughs) I can can ban pornography against minors. I can throw it out of Virginia. But if you want money from any of them, the money committees, unless it's the Democrats um, that are in control, I don't know that I can help you. Because again, they all hate me. And uh, I don't think they have a good cause or reason. Now, why do they hate you? Well, let me tell you. Well, we've talked about this on the ra- on the radio, on the podcast, but um, started out with really when you and I challenged an unconstitutional law, banning skill games, getting the first injunction, and then the people in the money committees thinking that they're more clever than we were and going around the court system, ignoring what the judge's ruling was and putting it in the budget. And then we went back to court and got that enjoined, basically not enforced. They were legislating through the budget, as we've said in prior podcasts. And if you want to listen to one of our prior podcasts, we've got a whole library where we talk about this over course of time, especially our lawsuit, you know, the travails, the ups and downs about being a legislator and working through this kind of stuff. But um, they were kind of embarrassed and humiliated and mad, and they were going to get me back any way they can. We talked on the prior podcast uh, episodes back where... Um, the chairman of appropriations in the house and the person that actually you ran against killed a very good bill that would have created scholarships for, uh, robotics, robotics. Yeah. Yeah. especially in areas, rural areas, inner cities, just because I was the sponsor, even though it was in the budget. Um, and so they attack the person by attacking something like that. And they end up hurting the people that need it the most, not the person like me who had their name on the bill. And so that kind of grew and grew. And then, you know, Quite frankly, when um, when the party and perhaps our governor and other people were playing shenanigans with your nomination method and they see that somehow they think I was totally involved in that and uh, helped in writing briefs or sent one of my lawyers in to represent you or wrote affidavits and and that they felt embarrassed and humiliated. And and quite frankly, that's when they started to go against you. Well, they can be humiliated all they want to, but the things that we've done are things where they broke the law. Right. Yeah. Wrote an unconstitutional bill and then actually uh, broke election law. So and thought that they could get away with it. Well, I and so that's why they hate me. And quite frankly, I think part of the catharsis of going through what I've been through for the past four or five weeks. And, and I want to talk about it uh, to a point uh, has been kind of reevaluating where I am as a senator, as a person, as a father, as a human being, as a friend, um, seeing things for how they really are in not just politics, but the legislative world, government, and really coming to the conclusion that I'm not just going to stand for it anymore. I'm not, I'm a loyal team player, but I'm not a go along to get along guy. Right. And quite frankly, some of the things that I saw, and I think we're probably going to talk about it as we just sit around this this kitchen table overlooking beautiful Lake Gaston, is um, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. You know, don't. Now, what does that look like? Don't, don't pee on my leg and tell me that it's raining. It's just not going to work anymore. Well, to Hermie's point, they can be embarrassed and 
and have the feelings they want to feel because they are the ones that broke the law and not to compare to my path. But we're talking about friends having similar paths. That's exactly the way that I felt on the local level in South Hill. And I'm not necessarily talking about breaking laws, but they enabled they overlooked and they swept things under the rug because they've been there the so years. long that they've been, they're not only accustomed to doing we it a certain way, that. they rule it a certain way. And what we're seeing is the carryover, even when the old goes out. Yes, the Tommy Normans, the the Steve Newmans, you know, the guys that say one thing and do another. What you see is the people that are taking and assuming some of their roles have learned from them, and rather than going in a new direction, are they staying in the suit. same direction. Yeah, it's and for pile. me, it's just it's just. So, a, what do you think about term limits? I think they're great. I think, though, if you look at term limits, uh, I started out 13 sessions ago in 2010. Uh, my number was 40. We rank, you know, of course, we have a seniority. I was ranked as number 40. I'm now going to be number seven or eight after these elections. So in 10 years, you've had a turnover. Right. But there are those people, and I've named some of them, and some of them are still there, and some of them are fighting for leadership, that have been in the General Assembly 20, 30 years. And... They're used to creating the system, not doing something, getting something accomplished, doing something outside the box, thinking in an irregular way to to create great results. What we're seeing now is that as the old guard turns over and leaves and we lose some of that institutional knowledge, the new ones that are stepping in those roles, Democrat and Republican, but especially my view from the Republican side, is that they are becoming the people that they're replacing yeah. rather than saying we can do this in a new way in you know, a new direction. You, I bet I've said this or I said this to you 50 times in the, in the latter part of the election that I was in. I would say, why is so-and-so doing this that's going to harm me? And I learned so much about why people do things because they're worried about, okay, they do that for this person then this person will vote for them on a leadership position or yep. in a caucus position or, you know, give I'm, them I'm thinking, power. Yeah, give to, them to power. give them power. power. And I'm thinking, okay, this person is getting involved in the election that I'm in to give themselves more power. Okay. How is that helping the people in the district that I was trying to represent? It does not. They, it they does don't not. care. And they don't yeah. care, Hermie. They don't care. They don't care. And so to keep everybody who's listening, and we appreciate you coming back, and, and we're going to go full force from here on out, uh, and we're really excited about the rest of the year. Last time we left you, we're getting ready for your election. Yeah. And you were running in a primary against uh, an opponent who is a Republican, a House of Delegates member. I'm not going to say that person's name because I don't care to ever again. And if that person wins and is a member of my caucus, someone came to me and said, well, how are you going to make up with that person? And I said, I'm not. Not after what you said about one of my best friends. You're not. I'm not. And I don't care to. But be that as it may, uh, you got yourself a primary. You're, you're working hard. You're knocking on doors. We, we recount that. We kind of almost in a journal in this podcast talk about it. Mm -hmm. What happened? Yeah, well, to me, I'll give you a the cliff notes version of how things went as far as I'm concerned. We, I really and truly think, and you guys were both there last November when I officially announced that I was running. Mm -hmm. I think for the first couple of months, I don't know whether my opponent and her team just didn't take me seriously or didn't really think that I was actually going to run or uh, didn't view me as a credible threat. Because when we first got going and got started, they weren't doing a whole lot. No. 
They um, and then, as we've documented here, once my campaign got up and running and we started to have a little momentum, then we started to see the shenanigans with the trying to get a convention and all these other kind of things. And then, you know, but we my campaign and my team and me personally really put a lot of time, effort and money. We got out and started going. And I really feel like up until about three weeks prior to the election that we had a 50 50 shot. I really Both feel like you were, you were tight. Yeah, we, we, we were right there. And then we can talk about all the reasons why or whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on where you sit. But in the last couple of weeks from the governor on down and we talked about, is it because of my relationship with you? Is it because of the way we have stood up for small business that hurts some of these people's power and some of their donors and some of the special interests that the people that, that these people them. are in bed yeah. with, whatever the case may be, about three weeks prior to the election, they just put a full court press on against me. Boy, did they! And that that you know, from the governor, he did events with my opponent. He did robocalls. He did videos. He sent. And this was after he said he was going to stay out of it. At least he was telling people right. to tell you this. That's right. And let's back it up a little bit. When you when you went to the powers that be and you said, hey, I'm going to run. And that was during the General Assembly session. Yeah. But you were going to time it, you know, after the November elections, after the presidentials, mm -hmm. which I think was fine and good. They were all like, oh, man, this is great. You were in some of those meetings. Yeah, I was. And, you know, we can't endorse. We're not going to get behind one candidate. But we're really happy that you're there. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like they said, hey, Hermie. Hey, citizen. Hey, don't do this. Yeah. Who's, who has the courage to step forward? Yeah. Don't do this. We've got a plan in place. Yeah. And that was one of the more frustrating and disappointing parts because we went from having these meetings prior to me announcing when they say, somebody like you with your background and your relationships and your contacts and the people you know would really be an asset to the Republican Party. Right. It went from that to here we are three weeks prior to the election and the the narrative, they have flipped the narrative to be, now it's, I don't know why Hermie's running. He's dividing the party. Hermie is forcing the Republican Party to spend money to protect the seat. Like I was some kind of outlaw or some kind of a maverick or some kind of, I have never yeah. in my life stated that I'm against anything that Glenn Youngkin is proposing as part of his agenda. What I have said is, what I said all along is I'm going to support every agenda item that Glenn Youngkin wants to get passed so long as it benefits the 17th district, which I was running for at the time. So they well, went from, and remember, too, when they came in those last three weeks, they went against their promises. I mean, they were assuring you. I mean, you were even saying, hey, is there any reason why I shouldn't run? Oh, no, we want you in this race. We can't we can't show favoritism. We're going to stay back. Well, three weeks out, that we're going to stay back and not endorse. We're not going to pick sides. We're not going to put our thumbs on the scale. That changed. You got an endorsement from the governor, from the lieutenant governor. Uh, Attorney General stayed out of it. Attorney General stayed out of it. Uh, but then you've got the governor, who's, by the way, very popular. Sure. In our part of the state. Um, but, you, you know, know he's calling, got two years emailing, left. videoing. I mean, he's already looking over the horizon at President or United States Senate. So what he's trying to do is clean up his act here or to make sure that he gets the most bang for his buck so it makes him politically viable for it the next step. Him. 
which is always then you're looking over the heads of the people that you're serving, looking at your next adventure. But at, at the end, all these people that were going to stay out or stay neutral, you know, once the finance reports come out, then you realize that a lot of people and a lot of people that you that you work with and are close to in Richmond, they were yeah. ponying up. And then you've got these. Well, and the ones that were running the caucus election, primary election nomination methods that were supposedly staying out of contested races, but putting people up to run to get into every Senate district, even the ones that are controlled by Democrats, under this grand scheme of trying to get the majority back in the Senate for the Republicans. Because right now it's 2218. We're in the minority. minority. And this was all supposed to be great and fun. And, and I was told to, hey, we understand you're Hermes' friend. You're going to give money to him. But don't put your thumb on the scale. So I respected that. Such respect was not given back to me. Well, Hermie, we documented your journey, as, as Bill said on the podcast. Nobody, and I mean this sincerely, and I've told you this, nobody worked harder than you did to win yeah. at any level. I mean any level. I don't think I worked that hard when I beat a 17-year incumbent Democrat. You know, I've never seen the effort that you put in. But with that being said, and now you go back to the three weeks prior to the election, what would you have done differently? Well, well, first, 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 before we get to that, let's talk about what happened in those three weeks. I mean, they, I mean, it was a tsunami. Yeah. A well, political well, tsunami say, against You know, you got Glenn Youngkin, who is 85% popularity mm-hmm. in the 17th district he does robocalls emails writes letters asking not only for money uh, but also telling people to vote yeah uh, you, you had an endorsement and multiple events attended by lieutenant governor winsome sears who i like very much we've had her on the show um but you know they as a group decided she needed to get out out front and center and endorse and be hand in hand with my opponent. And then you got all of these other organizations like America's for Prosperity and these people like that that are getting involved and, you know, that that group AFP, I mean, they did over $120,000 worth of mailers for my opponent. For her. And had dozens of door knockers out. They just... They they put the juice out so you know to to cover and just out hard to overcome in a grassroots campaign like yeah. yours. I mean, you had volunteers, you didn't have those paid. That's right. People Let doing that, but this. but they were also not just knocking doors and saying vote for Emily. That AFP Americans for Prosperity is behind Emily. They were saying some things that were patently untrue right. and unfair. Yeah, two of the things that they continued to uh, say untruthfully was number one, they said that I sued Glenn Youngkin, which I never did. I sued Ralph Northam, Democratic governor, over his signing of SB 971, which to this point has been proven in a court of law that is unconstitutional. Multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. And the other narrative that people are still confused by is the skill game. Well, I mean, the skill game part. And because they, despite the fact that my opponent accepted money from the skill game industry and the casino industry, including that one casino betting on Virginia jobs pack sent her 15 grand the last week of the election casinos. And despite the fact that as a member of house appropriations, 
my opponent has gone along with appropriations group to try to ban these skill games to open up the door for the well, remember, the Monopoly. legislation was in the budget that they passed out of their yeah, And she was yeah. a conferee on that. She was a conferee on that. So despite the fact that you had all those, they were able to deceive, confuse, whatever you want to call it, voters because of mine and Bill's skill game lawsuit. The narrative was Hermes, the gaming guy. If you, if you elect Hermes, we'll have casinos all over the Commonwealth of Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and the only true. one that what has stood saying. up. Not that it was true. I'm but the only saying. one that has stood up to fight. And you mentioned Louise Lucas. That's the other thing. That was probably their number one. I think that was number gotcha. one. Gotcha. So they put me on a flyer, multiple flyers, with Louise Lucas and basically tried to say, You're dating. Y'all are both best friends. <laughs> if you vote, a vote for Hermie Sadler is a vote for Louise Lucas. Yeah, unbelievable. And I go back to what I was just saying. Number one, as a public figure at public events, me and my brother have taken pictures with just about everybody in Richmond right. at some point in time. But they took that picture and said, look at Hermie and Louise. They're friends. Hermie supports Louise, which really irritated me a number of reasons. But one of the flyers they sent, they sent out, they insinuated that I supported Louise. And one of the things that Louise was in support of was defunding the police. And there's nobody in the Commonwealth of Virginia that has a stronger bond or does more support or work or, you know, does programs together with our law enforcement community than me and my family. We've always done I it. I would agree. So, you know, here I am. And look, our skill game ban lawsuit is in direct retaliation to people like Louise Lucas who are using their power to try to get this monopolies for these casinos because guess what? Louise has a casino in Portsmouth. So despite the fact that I put my ass on the line, not only in the lawsuit, but put my whole life on hold to run for office to try to stand up and be somebody in Richmond that's going to represent the people and make sure that decisions are made and with honesty yeah. and transparency yep. and everybody has a level playing field. I file a lawsuit that goes against Louise Lucas's use of her power to try to get a monopoly for her casino. Yet my opponent's team and congratulations to them for doing it. They have enough power and resources and, um, and, and, and people behind them, they have people thinking that I'm supporting Louise Lucas. Yeah. And it's just, it, on, on, it's not so, true on any level. So yeah. the funny thing is, it's the establishment in Richmond fighting Hermie, the grassroots candidate, using the establishment in Richmond, which is Louise Lucas. That, you know, they may be Democrat, Republican, but behind closed doors, they're working together. Sure. Well, they have. They to. use Louise Lucas to to beat the grassroots guy so the establishment can keep going. So what you're saying is all now, of the this... The wink and a nod All survived. of this has happened. It's probably going to make Hermes Sadler mad as a mother at the end of the day. To quote Louise Lucas, you're probably <laughs> right. <laughs> and, See how uh, we tied that back and in so, Billy Boy? And so, you know, then the last three weeks, you endured this onslaught of the political apparatchik against you. And, I mean, you fought hard. I mean, you matched them ad for ad. They went up on TV, and that's where she was getting a lot of her money. Yep. And they went up on TV. And I guess, you know, I don't I didn't get the TV out in my way, 
But were they a bunch of negative ads? Were they positive ads about your opponent? Or? Yeah, they were negative of what I ran? Yeah. Uh, no, no. What was she, she ran against ran. you? Oh, well, she, everything we did, she doubled up. Right. You know, and, but the difference was. But what was her, what was her messaging? I mean, was it. Her messaging uh, up until the Emily last couple of weeks was, was Hermie is, a vote for Hermie is a vote for Louise. Hermie is not a Republican. Hermie is a Democrat. Then towards the end, it shifted to, it was all Glenn Youngkin says, vote for me. Mm-hmm. Glenn Youngkin and Winsome Sears say, vote for me. And um, so they did, I mean, they executed perfectly. Yeah. But at what cost? I mean, I've always said, uh, as Republicans, we fight each other a hell of a lot better than we ever fight the Democrats. That's the problem I always have. And, you know, if you want to fight on the battlef- battlefield of ideas, that's one thing. But then to attack a person's character and integrity and wrongfully with lies, that's where I draw the line. And I don't find that to be tolerable at all. You know, I understand victory at all costs, but I don't understand victory at all costs because you have to have ethics and integrity. And it seemed that, in my opinion, what I saw and what I was hearing was crossing a line in ways that, you know, I'd never seen us do against Democrats. Well, just here they were doing against the guy. They said, please run, please run. And then they, they jump on your ass like... You know, like you burn their house down or something. You know, and, and, and uh, the disappointment is it's a couple things. Number one is I really and truly feel like I could have helped the people of the 17th district and, and people would've. all across the Commonwealth of Virginia. You would have. I believe I could have. Virginia lost with I, your th- loss. Everybody has their own opinion. I feel like I could have helped. Um, but what's even more disappointing than that is my opponent won. But with everything that she had to do and the monies that she had to accept and the deals that she had to make to get that money and to get these people and to do all these things, she's, she's, she's not in a position to, to do things that I think need to be done for, for my part or our part of N- the state. Nobody's ever going to think that she's a Southside senator if she wins. And I think it's going to be a real battle. And I think the Democrats are going to pour four or five million dollars into uh, Cliff Jenkins race. Well, my question against her was going to be, do any serious Republicans really think she can win in that district? Uh, not with the way the numbers are. Remember, they lean down. Absolutely. You've got so, to have some crossover. You know, it was this was this more about trying to win the seat or just beating Hermie? Well, you know, you can win the battle and lose the war. A lot of powerful people, yeah. casino people, yeah. people in appropriations, Do people not in... Won't you over. They, because we, we, we have beaten them already. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. And, so and that's it, my question. And think of it this way. Okay, here's part of the answer. We have really seven seats that are at play. In order for us to gain some kind of majority at a 2020 tie, Republicans have to win five out of seven, maybe six, five out of seven. And that's six to prevent an upset that might happen somewhere else. That's near to impossible. That's a tougher. It's not impossible, but it's a it's a steep slope to climb. Uh, One of those races is in the 17th Senate district. If you lose that, if you and remember, it's a swing district, but it swings down. You lose that, chances of Republicans gaining majority in the Senate dissipate enormously. 
And I'm concerned because I'm looking at the numbers on the house of how we hold the house. I mean, I, I hope so. I hope we do. But you could see if we don't run the table, we basically have to run the table. And you're talking about, you know, beating Monty Mason. You're, you're talking about, you know, some of the seats that are really, you're talking about Sudeline beating the Democrat, used to be John Edwards in Roanoke. That may be better because that leans more Republican. So maybe that's one. But we could go through the whole list. Segura up there in the old Vogel seat. That's going to be a tough race. That's up in Northern Virginia. That could go Democrat. Easy now, could go exactly. Democrat. Exactly. So if, if Jenkins wins in the 17th and Segura loses, then we're out of options. You've got to run the table. Um, I could go on and on and on. You've got the, the seat in Virginia Beach. Um, you've, you've got just, I don't have the list in front of me, but these are really close races. So you're going to see millions of dollars. And the one thing that the Democrats always do better than we do is raise money. I mean, they just have billionaires who just fork out millions of dollars for these races. We don't have that. So we're going to get outraised. And the question is, are we going to get outworked? So whatever they may have done on the 17th might have been clever, but it might turn out to be clever by one half. Because you have to have an energetic campaigner who can raise money alongside, not just turn around and say, please give me more money, and do the work necessary to win the general election. Now, the good thing about a primary is, Y'all have been knocking on doors, getting people excited. I think even, Hermie, you and I were talking about how there's some local sheriff races that might uh, benefit turnout, at least for Republicans. Yeah, I think so. But we're talking about a Democrat district that did not go for Yunkin, yeah. uh, which is yours. And if, if they don't have crossover appeal and Democrats turn out the votes like they've used, that they're used to doing, manipulating the system that they created by passing new laws about 45 days to vote early, uh, ballot harvesting, mail-in ballots, permanent uh, absentees. And you won all the absentees and all that stuff. That's, yeah. I was on your butt about that. And you did very good. Those guys do it better. Now, well, Youngkin's trying to catch up with their new make program. Sure, I'm going to say one other thing to make sure people understand. Disappointed that I don't have the opportunity to help people. Okay. Um, but more disappointed in the fact that a lot of people got involved in this race for reasons that were for personal gain for them that are not in the in the benefit of the people of the area that I was trying to represent. They couldn't even find Brunswick so on a that map. That is I guess that's a that's a, a part of what politics is. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's a part of why I uh, was very hesitant to to throw my name in the hat to begin with. But my my hope is my hope is is that even though some of the things that I faced, I was not able to overcome, I hope that now at least a governor or a party chairman will be less likely to try to pull the trigger to manipulate a system. All right. Well, let's, break, let's unpack that a little bit. Number one, I said this before. I'm going to say it again. If they just come to you and say, hey, hey look, we have preordained this seat to go to this person would have saved you a lot of time, headache, heartache, emotion, sure. and money. Yeah. They could have done that. And, and okay, you, maybe we didn't think it was fair, but we would have accepted it. At least you get the heads up. So they did that. The other thing is they've created voter fatigue by then having this real deep fight in a nominating process where there may be voters out there that are not going to return for the general election. So they've not unified the party. They've also created a candidate selection where now this is a focal point 
where the Democrats are really going to pour it on. That's another problem. So what did we get? What did we eventually get out of this nominating process as a party? Well, we're just trying to get that majority. But we're not trying to get people that represent Southside Virginia. We're not trying anymore. This is, a, this is a warning to every single person who is just John Q. Citizen, just like I was when I started. You know, I was working as a unit chairman, district chairman, but I didn't want to be a senator. I liked my life. I liked, I liked living at the lake, at Smith Mountain Lake. I liked my, my, my life, and it has created upheaval ever since. But this doesn't encourage the next guy who maybe doesn't have the star power that you do, who maybe doesn't have the money behind them and the support behind them that they do, but thinks that they can do something different, make a difference, change the world by being elected a senator or delegate. They're going to look and say, after what they did to you, why would I ever get into that? Because you can't even trust what their word was. Yeah. I mean, what breaks my heart is stay out of it, then stay out of it. Tell me to stay out of it. I, st- I stayed out of it. I gave you money, I, you know, but heck, if I'd known that, that they were doing what they were doing, I would have been full tilt. And when we go back then, everybody's looking at each other. It's like, a, it's like a bunch of bank robbers in the room. And the money's in the middle of the table, and everybody's looking at each other. Who's going to grab it? And nobody trusts well, nobody. Goes back to Paul and nothing to, gets done for goes, the good goes of back to part of what I was frustrated about. it should be. You've got people kind of in your position, senators, people that want to be in positions of power, sitting back and looking at this nomination contest for the 17th, not saying... What is in the best interest of those people? They're saying, what do I need to do to benefit me? Right. That's, that's right. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. And so rather than the best candidate possible, it's the one that we can control the most, I guess. Well, like I said. And, and I guess, you know what I've realized? That's the way they've been doing it for years. That's why when I ran 13 years ago, the major, minority leader who's leaving, and we've said his name enough, said anybody but Stanley. And then my caucus forced me on him as the whip in kind of a revenge setting. Um, I've been loyal to him. I've been honest to him. But he and I don't see eye, and eye, eye to eye. But I always thought we were doing what's right for Virginia. Right. Turns out we weren't all the time. We're not thinking about the citizens. We're thinking about our own feathering our own bed, making, making the most and manipulating the most that we can get out of our positions in government. That breaks my heart. That makes me not want to do this much longer. Well, look, let's turn the page for a second, because one of the things that you and I have been talking about is off air, yeah, off air. And I've encouraged you to turn the page as well, because you have an obligation and a job to do because you have an election coming up in November as well. Um, I think you'll obviously do really, you know, do just fine. 78% Trump district. I think I'll be all right. I'm running against a goat farmer from Floyd, but, but I take it seriously. I've, I've told you, they say I have white privilege. (laughs) I've told you that you need to, to the best of your ability, wipe the slate clean on things that may have bothered you about things that people did maybe to negatively impact my race or not, because you not only are a good legislator, um, but you have an obligation to the people in your area to do do right by them. So you, I'm asking you to find the right balance of um, what your personal feelings may be. And look, when people when people screw people that I like, I'm the same. I feel the same way you do. But you've also got. 
people that are going to vote for you that are expecting you to counting on you counting on you to get things done for them so how do you balance that well you don't you don't because either your principles matter or they don't my parents didn't raise me this way my mom and dad did not raise me to go along to get along just never happened think for yourself do what's right be principled in the actions that you take as my mom said when I was sworn in that day, and I looked down at her and said, aren't you proud? Your son's a state senator now. And she looked up at me without missing a beat and said, don't f*** it up. That's what I think about. And the problem is, is that the people that you're working with, most of them you cannot trust, can't stand, or they've done something to somebody that you think highly of in a, in a way that was unnecessary and unright and unjust. I have been reflecting on that for the past three or four weeks. I mean, I've gone through some real torment my wife, Laura, has helped me through it. But ultimately, I came to the conclusion, I'm not going to change. But I don't have to do anything. I've been there 13 years. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the Emmett Hanger of the world. He danced to the beat of his own drum. But he did what was right, what he thought was right for his people, even if it didn't seem like it was right for his party or the party leadership. I have done enough to where I know who my friends are, who's real, who's genuine. Just be prepared as I know you've already thought about, because I've experienced that on the local level. I've lost friends. I've lost customers. I get the stink eye in Walmart. I get the stink eyed food lion. How much is a stink eye per pound? For standing up. <laughs> is it on sale? For your principles. Just be prepared, because I've experienced it in South Hill. Yeah. And, you know, in my particular case, to use Hermes' favorite word, documents, I have done above and beyond to, I don't say prove, because that's a, that's a, that's a, can be a harsh word, but to legitimize my perspective. I've gone above and beyond with facts. And to your point, when you get to that point, facts don't matter. You got to, the line has been drawn in the sand. Yeah. And it was drawn with me in South Hill. And thank God, look, it, it, if I hadn't had my running mate Gavin there, although we lost virtually every vote 62, at least I had somebody to help. You're going to have some help, too. But don't lose, to Hermie's point, don't lose the, the, the sight of the people that you are representing to do something on a personal level, because if you yeah, do that, yeah, you're right. that's, that's exactly what, well, what we're just discussing. Well, and, and, that we, and that weakens you, and sometimes so in your you failure of trying, yes. spite can be your downfall. Spite can be your, your and downfall. I, and I, and I'm, I'm not going to experienced... let them win, but I'm not going to assume for the purposes of that they have an R next to their name that they're on my side either. You know, if you don't do this to somebody. A good friend of you mine. You just don't. And you know what? I'm going to represent the people the whole time. But I'm going to keep one eye well, very open to. on what's going on with people. And I'm not going to take this crap anymore. But I'm just not going to sit there and wear the badge and act like everything's okay and hunky-dory either. Because there are serious flaws that need to be correct, uh, corrected. You want citizen legislators like yourself, Army. I mean, yeah. Am I sad that you're, you, know, you don't have a chance to be there in the Senate and really make a difference? Absolutely devastated in some ways. He may make Devastated, though, for Virginia more than anything else. Yeah, but Hermie Knowing may be what able that to, alternative might be with the two candidates that are He allowed. may be able to make more of a difference and have more influence outside the circle than inside. 
And I really believe that if he if he and I know Hermes a very, very genuine person, these convictions and principles that he stood up for the last two years well, really his life. But I'm going to call it two years since the podcast and the lawsuit and blah, blah, blah. That's Hermes. Well, you know it. When you get into a campaign, it's the verge of insanity. It's self-consuming. It's all or nothing. You go from being, I've never had anyone say a bad word about me in my life to, oh my God, I can't believe all these people hate me. Correct. And they're supposed to be wearing the same color jersey I am. Um, it is a really uh, a big eye opener and a shock to the system. And eventually it's either the high of the highs or the low of the lows. And you ride the roller coaster. But in the end, were you true to yourself? That's the most important thing. It is just like you said, when you lost friends because you dared to step forward and run and had the courage to run, then what you really see is the people for who they really are. Whether they're inside politics or outside politics, you know, don't have the courage to run, but want to comment on how you're running that race or how you're being a senator or a town councilman. That's that's where you learn more about life. Well, two of the things that I learned that 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 I know were gonna stick with me after this journey is over with is unfortunately it doesn't matter who has the best idea or what that idea is is what you can get passed is what you can get voted on and then secondly uh i'm going to take from one of my best friends that's deceased and Hermie will remember him doug ezel when we were umpiring together with a fellow council member the three of us always umpired together in the tournaments Doug always taught us that when you make a call and if the if the call is questioned, it doesn't matter who's right. Just get it right for the kids. Mm-hmm. And you've got to leave your ego and your pride at the door or at the gate when you walk on that field. Make sure you get the calls right. So from a politician, you you may have to work with. Nobody leaves their pride and ego at the door well, when you walk through I the Capitol But Hall. you almost have to because if you don't, What's going to get accomplished for the people? I have gone through this for two years in South Hill, and now just since the last meeting, I've had a uh, a fellow council member whom we probably don't agree with what day it is of the week, but at the same time, we're not that far apart in our perspectives. And I know that doesn't make sense, but it's true. Is burn pile going soft on us? No. He's actually reached <laughs> out to me about an idea to try to work together on for the next meeting. So I think he's going to run again. I think. Hermie? I do. <laughs> oh. I, 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 I told you to be you funny. funny. You're hilarious. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You, you, you I would be check. surprised Any what? amount of money. If he doesn't run again. And I'll also be surprised. What's in that Michelob Ultra he drinks? I will also be surprised if he does not stay involved in, in trying to push for what's best for Virginia. Oh, I, I agree with that part. Every one of my Facebook posts. I, I, I will kiss your ass in the middle of South Hill, right in front of Memory Makers, if he runs. Well, bring he, some chapstick. <laughs> let, me he, let, me, let me tell you something. Oh, hell. Here we go. Oh, boy. Here's the, here's Watch the, his glasses slide no, down. He, yeah. I, just, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, but I'm not running again. And here's why. I was never running at all because I wanted to be a senator. Right. Or I wanted to be in politics. Sure. I do not like politics. I didn't like it two years ago. I didn't like it during the election. And I don't like it now. 
I decided to step up and run because I really and truly felt like the way the timing of the election and the new district, the way it was drawn, where I was in my life and not being on the road and gone. And I just said, you know, the stars lined up. Everything is lined up for me to give this thing a go. And I think the people of my area need something different. So that's well, the reason I decided. And he already had a roadmap of change. I mean, you had been involved in helping me with the Invigo Beagles. You'd and rescued two of them yourself. Yeah. You had uh, you had fought Governor Northam against an unconstitutional law for small business and won and then won again. Yeah. I mean, you really had the you had the bona fides to do what you were doing but, as a citizen running a grassroots campaign to make a difference for your area. I'll give you an example. The night of the election when I came out finally and gave a little speech. I was there. Two minutes after that, the current mayor of Emporia, Carolyn Carey, Dr. Carey, was at the barn. She brings me off to the side and she says, Hermie, so sorry it didn't work out. So glad I could be here. I would really like for you to consider running for mayor of Emporia. And I said, Miss Carey, I'm just not one of these people. I said, you know, I don't want to be in politics. I don't want to be a politician. So I wouldn't want to try to run for Senate and I was not successful. Well, let me see what else I can run for. Right. If that don't work, let me see what else. And there are people that do that. Sure it is. There yeah. are people that want to have some kind of Elected position, on the wall, yeah. regardless, so they can be called something, or have a name tag, or go run a meeting, or or, or just for the, the sake of running. Just for the, I said, I said, I'm not that. That's not me. That's not why I was doing it from the beginning. That's not. I mean, I've known and been around politicians my whole life. I mean, the first racing sponsor I had was Virginia Division of Tourism. Sure. And I've started off working with Governor Wilder and then started and went in with George Allen, Governor Allen, on that program. And so, but, you know, people that are like that, in my view, a lot of times are hollow. They just, you know, I'm the mayor or I'm on town council or I'm on city council. Or, I'm Senator I'm, Louise Lucas. You know, whatever. She loves being senator. Now, why, so why are and you there? she's got a lot of power, too. Why are you there? Are you there for your people, or are you there for yourself? And I, I've said this to Bill a thousand times, and I still to this day do not understand it. This, like this situation with the skill game lawsuit, I mean, we keep bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. But the other people, appropriations, and other people, they are mad. Because won. we won when they were trying to put an unconstitutional law on the books and to benefit them to 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 enable them to deliver on a silver platter something that their donors wanted them to give them exactly regardless of whether it's constitutional or not exactly what kind of shit is that it's the wrong shit you know and it's the wrong that's shit. why today is july the 18th is it it is don't be surprised. <laughs> don't be surprised. Oh, come on, man. If I, Even I, I don't look, believe that. I'm just telling you, 
I, he's convict. He has his conviction. He has his principles. Speaking of convicted, he knows he can somebody help. who's got a criminal record that might. They might he knows about here he can help soon. people. Not you guys. And I predict, and maybe I'm wrong. I think, I think Hermie now has gone too far in trying to help people. How are you going to vote? Who are you going to vote for in the <laughs> he election? He just left the table. He got up left. Can you bring a beer when you come? No, no, no. Right, but look, who, who the hell is he going to vote for? Will he vote in November? How in the hell is he going to vote for, uh, well, uh, part of the time uh, abortion lady? How is he going to vote for her? Up to a point, she said. Yeah, up to a point. Yeah. But, Pro-life, okay, up to a who point. the hell is he going to vote for? I don't know. I don't know, but well, here's I what know I do. You know. don't know, but I'm saying he's gone so far down this path, I, and I think it would be wonderful. I think there are different ways that he can help without having to put himself out to run again. Now, well, I will say so. this: I was pretty confident about a Senate run, uh, but I think he would be the mayor of Emporia like that. I thought he was already the mayor mayor of Emporia. Is that Elliot? That's Emporia. Uh, but what I what I do say because we've had that discussion. Actually, we had actually taped. After the election, he and I talked, and we we're going to use it in the podcast. That was a horrible idea. To it was horrible. Well, well, it was kind of it was, running it was kind of show. a therapeutic kind of way for us. I was much too whiny, but what we did promise each other in that was is that I was going to then for the next four years work with him on a lot of the things that he and I talk about that are agenda items that are important to him and especially important to Emporia, Brunswick. You know, all of the counties that, that voted for him, all the areas that are going to be underrepresented by whomever wins, that I would take upon myself the mantra of all the ideas. And he had many ideas. He had so he challenged ideas. you like I did. It, that, I don't know. It was not a challenge. It was an agreement. <laughs> but the agreement was there's so much we can do for special needs children. We have scratched the surface. And quite frankly, the government has abrogated its responsibility to those children. Public schools have abandoned these children. We're going to change that because he's got a lot of great ideas. I'm going to be the vessel to carry it for him. We've got a lot of different ideas, you know, in terms of economic development, what we can do in the rural areas. He's got a lot of great ideas. So I think his influence, especially with me, but with others will still be there. There is no greater advocate. There was no greater advocate for skill games when they were fighting whether to ban them or not to ban them in Virginia than him. There was nobody more tireless than him. And there's nobody that had more influence than him. I think he can use that kind of lobbying effort for the little guy again and do it in the halls of Richmond without having to kowtow to the establishment or worry about uh, whether he's pissing somebody off or not or paying them proper homage. I think that's where I see a role for you. But I'm excited about, you know, some of the the bills we've already talked about are going to do in the future. If this scenario were to happen, and God forbid, let me preface it by that. For some reason, any reason, illness, whatever, your opponent, if she could not fulfill her obligation to run in November and the Republican Party came to you and said, hey, she can't run, we got to have an opponent. You're telling me you wouldn't do that? I would not because the Republican Party... I understand. Showed me. I do understand that. What, you know, and in, in my world, I don't care if it's politics or life or business or anything else. They burned you. You know, they, they, they burned you. They, they put their finger on the scale 
and they got involved in something that affected my family, the people of the 17th district, my livelihood, my businesses, and everything else. And so once somebody does that to me, um, it's over. It's over. All right. Let so me ask I would. Not, I would to answer your question. I, I would not. You would not. I would not. Looking back, and I'm sure you've looked at the data and the statistics because you won virtually half. I won everything from Emporia, Greensville, all the way to the west. So you won virtually half of the yes. the, of the geographically, geographically, but not people wise. I, well, I understand, and that's going to be my question because we talk a lot of times about. The northern part of Virginia runs the whole state, you know, and we're underrepresented, uh, which we are. Now that you have been through that as a candidate and come out on the short end of the stick, do you agree with the way the district was drawn? Do you feel, well, obviously you feel like we're not going to be represented, but do you think something needs to be changed to allow for more fair representation? Well, I'm, more I, even I, representation? I don't know. I, I, Bill would probably be a better one to answer, answer that. But for me, what is kind of disappointing is that I felt like this was a good opportunity for Southside Virginia to, for the first time in 20-plus years in the Senate of Virginia to be really and truly represented and not only be represented while the senators in Richmond, but also, you know, I live and come to work in Emporia, Southside Virginia every day. So to be there to listen to the constituents of that part of the state, uh, I think is, is missing. Because um, if you remember on all of my Facebook posts that I did for you, virtually every one of them I tried to put in there, if it's good for the 17th. Yeah. It'll be good for well, Southside Virginia. Look, you know, and that's one of the most important, uh, excuse me. And I believe that. One thing that got said to me four or five times, and I'd be interested to hear what Bill says about this too. Some of the people that were um, not in my, not on my team, you might say, or were in favor of my opponent would say, well, Hermie, the only reason why you're running is you want to try to do stuff that's going to help your business. And I would say two things. I'd be like, well, if you think the only reason I would be running is to help my business, you shouldn't vote for me. I get that. I said, but more importantly than that, what is something that I could do as a legislator that would help my business that wouldn't help other people's businesses? What, what, do you, what, do you, what, what, what can I do and carve, carve, we'll just give you a monopoly. Carve, carve Hermie out and do something for him that wouldn't help the the whole district. And so, but some of those people just had that in their mind. That mentality, and they don't yeah. understand that it's a it's a it's a democracy. What, what, You're what, one vote. It's what not is a saying that a rising tide floats all ships yeah, or whatever. Yeah. The, a rising tide you know, floats all. People ships. would sometimes say to me, "Well, you you know, you just want to help your own business." I'm like, "How? What?" And People didn't even understand. Somebody would say, "Well, you just want to get elected because you, so you can get this, the the skill games." Like, you don't understand that if I get elected, I couldn't even vote on that because I'm involved in it. Right? They people just don't understand. Yeah, that. like I can't. I, I can't look, vote on. It. I have people that'll come up to me on the street or call me. Well, I heard y'all voted on so and so and did this in closed session. I'm like, sir, we. We can't vote in closed session. 
We can take a, a straw poll, so to speak, or see if it's a consensus, but we can't have a voting. And look, these are people who are business leaders in our community. Who have no understanding that, of government. Um, people I've known all of my adult life that I would say are affluential and influential in town, and they think we're taking damn votes in closed session. Yeah. To Hermes' point, you'll really learn how some, I hate to use the word ignorant because... No, 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 no. But no, they're wait, wait, almost wait. ignorant to the process wait. that we have to go through. No, no. There's nothing virtuous about government. Government has created itself into an ogre. So everything is mistrustful. We could go over and over and over what we don't trust about federal government right now. I mean, you've got the two-tier system of justice. So those that have don't get prosecuted or get misdemeanors if they are. Those that don't get felonies and go to jail. Yeah. You know, we have created in a, in a republic which has democratic principles in the, in the manner in which we govern both with the three branches of government. We have created for ourselves distrust because of the way we act. When you become an elected official, you become a part of the, the tableau of corruption. And that's how people have in their heads. So they think, oh, you're in, you're in the back smoky room making deals, man. Right. And, oh, absolutely. But you know what? They're not totally wrong. There are those back room, smoky, smoke-filled room deals. Um, and so we deserve that. What you have to do is say, hey, I do it a different way. You know, and that's what Hermie would have brought to the table. Not, you know, he's, is he there for his own business? No, because he's going to be away from his own business for two damn months. <laughs> Let me tell you, it doesn't help my business. And, oh, you're doing it just for skill games. Again, you would have to, you know, abstain just like I do. Yeah. So, you know, we're never going to fix government. You. And, and, we're, <laughs> and I think, you lose a vote. And I think in a later podcast, probably while we're sitting here overnight, we're going to record a lot of podcasts. Uh, and, and I want to put our thoughts down about what we see right now in terms of the government in front of us after we get through this one. But I think this has been very therapeutic. But I want to end this podcast because we've been going on for about an hour 10. We're going to record about our bit. Wait a minute. We're not going to talk about your bill you're catching grief over? No, no. We're going to do a separate podcast on that. Uh -oh. we got Jonathan Cash. If we got, we got the Wendell Scott Foundation and the Scott family we're going to be talking about. We've got Burn Pile over here who's got just about a ton of stories. My question is. We've got a lot to do. If Let's get this one out of the way to break the ice and then let's start recording more. Well, if right? Pacematic is back, does they that are. mean Manscaped is back too? Uh, haven't heard. But <laughs> damn it, I didn't bring your shaving stuff either. Um, Who's no, but running this damn outfit? Yeah, listen, listen I, I have failed you. Okay, I have failed you. But you I am back. Speaking, you failed you the millions of listeners look, every I, week. Speaking I, of, I have never gone through a thing that I went through after the election and after Hermie, and a recalculation and a reboot for my life and myself. So this is not. This is almost cathartic to get to you this did, point now. You did mention I feel really good about where I am. I want people to know that are listening when they listen to this podcast also be ready that we do have in the next episode Jonathan Cash yeah coming up who not only people know yeah. has been driving for us some on the Smart Modified Tour but also is a partner uh, business partner and friend along in Premier Racing Chassis the go-kart side of Oh, I want to hear all about, all about that. that. Yeah, that's going to so, be awesome. Um, and then we, we do have a lot of things to cover because, Shep, you should hear, and maybe on the podcast coming up in the next couple of weeks, you will hear, you know, Senator Stanley got himself uh, involved through legislation uh, in the porn industry. Oh, wait, wow. wait, wait, wait. That came that's out wrong. That's so, that came, <laughs> that totally came that's out wrong. That's right. why he was no, doing I, that. I, came, I got myself involved in the porn industry. He came out with some <laughs> legislation to try people? to protect, protect <laughs> minors from the Big porn Billy. industry. 
And <laughs> some of the voicemails that he got yes. on his office phone for yeah. people that were mad <laughs> when they hit the U porn and got the lotion out. <laughs> they saw Big Billy there in there in Virginia. <laughs> Billy Rose came up on the screen and said, Not today, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Not even tomorrow. <laughs> so that's going to be a good one coming up. So you were doing and, porn for blind people? Uh, no, no. I've, you know, I've never been on one of I those. I mean, you've got a face for radio. I, I, I don't think I could ever stand. I'm very, uh, yeah. I'm let's bashful. do a quick tease. What what did you pass, or what did you work to pass? And so, so uh, yeah, uh, you want you don't want to we'll go along with what I said that you're now involved in the porn industry. <laughs> you're totally so taking how do you want to say what do you want? <laughs> you freaking took over the ending of the show. Um, so I, I wrote a bill at the end of the session, and we'll talk about it, um, at the end of filing bills. And I'll tell you the motivation behind it. But basically, it would it would hold porn companies that that have porn websites that allow access to children under the age of 18. And I saw a report where three out of 10 children under the age of 10 access And we talked about this all yeah. spring, yeah. several times. Well, I, I wrote the bill, and, um, and we'll go over that kind of thing in depth, and, and it passed. And when it went into effect, Pornhub <laughs> announced that it was pulling out, get it, pulling out of Virginia. <laughs> they used to call that the money shot, I guess, but pulling out. And so they were pulling out of Virginia and they were sending out these things that say, blame Bill Stanley, contact him. Really? And all of these keyboard <laughs> cowboys that, that may be, you know, at night jerking the jerking at 1130 or 12 decided they were going to call my office when they tried to, when they typed in, I guess, Pornhub. And then it came up and said, sorry, you live in Virginia. You're not getting any Pornhub. Blame your Senator Bill Stanley. So then they get their shot of courage up. And at about midnight, they call my office number they're so dumb, they don't realize that their phone number is actually put on the message, and then they leave some of the, some are funny, some are offensive, some are threatening. I brought some of those, so in one of the episodes oh we're going to tape here while we're at <laughs> oh, we the, gotta get at the Sadler <laughs> Compound, you're going to enjoy some of these. They're fun. And, and that would be one after, after and, late and night I, broadcast after dinner. And I actually got attacked by a tranny, okay? A tranny. A, a, a guy that, quite frankly, um, looked like you in rainbow makeup, Shep. I'm going to say, I'm going to show you the picture of him. So we'll go over that because it's kind of funny and fun, but it's also kind of serious. And it demonstrates what the Democrats are doing. Who's the racist? Who's really grooming kids? We're going to go into that discussion later. But as we wrap up this, this We're Back episode, what are the takeaways that you as a citizen, you as a guy who went out there for the right reasons to run for office, what takeaways can we all learn from that experience that you've had? I thought we just talked about that for an hour and 10 minutes. No, no, the takeaways we've been talking no, about. No, what the takeaways to me are is we're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, the many Explain things. that. What do you we, mean? Well, the government does not, in Virginia, is not currently by, of, and for the people, hmm. in my opinion. And that was the biggest reason why I was running, is because the people are supposed to get to choose who they want. The people are supposed to get to vote for who they want. And the people, the legislators represent the people should be making decisions and votes and advocating for things that are in the benefit of the 17th district. And what I learned through the process is there are a lot of people that have got their hand in the cookie jar Yeah, and they have different, when you have the governor or when you have legislators or people from other parts of the state, not even in the district that I'm running for, 
trying to get involved and to change the landscape or the shape or manipulate or get involved or deceive the voters, those kind of things. Not for the area or the citizens, but for their own power. For their own mm. benefit. Because they're not even in this district. They're not even Remember in the district. That. They're in Timbuktu or wherever the hell they are. If, if you've Allegheny. got somebody that you know, is in a position of power or perceived power, and they say, if I can help A beat B, then A will vote for me and help me get more power, right. which is going to help me be able to go back to the lobbyist and the special interest and get, and and get, money. And get more money. Yeah, I'll get more money and oh, yeah. more power and more people will have to come kiss my ass to get things done for me. And it is of no benefit or consequence to the 17th district at all. And that's the reason why Louise Lucas right now, the one that my opponent tried to marry me to for this entire process. She, I cannot tell you the last time she's been to Emporia and listened had any kind of town hall or any kind of communication with city and community leaders yeah, in Emporia. Christmas parade. Does she even come to the Christmas parade? But she, she's in Portsmouth. She knows that's where her, sure. you know. Her, uh, that's where bread and butter is. Her that's, and her, butter. that's her base. Hey, listen, and on Twitter, uh, when Pornhub shut down, she put on Twitter, is anybody else's Pornhub not working? <laughs> Serious. <laughs> well, but, but, I, but my point Serious is, you asked me takeaways. Yeah. The takeaways is, for me, and everybody looks at things through the lenses of where they're from and right. what the challenges are in their area. I'm concerned about Southside Virginia mm -hmm. way more now than I was before I ran, not because I wasn't successful, but because now I know and saw firsthand and understand why things happen sometimes in elections that I didn't understand before. Mm -hmm. And it's not to the benefit of the people in those areas. But My I would argue that you were successful. I know you didn't win. I get that. But look what you... Uh, pull the curtain back on. Look, look at the awareness I think you've created. Look at the the grass, me. <laughs> the grassroots momentum that you started. Yeah. To say that you weren't successful, Hermie, I think is is a is selling yourself short. I think it's a discredit to the people who supported you. I think you were very successful, and that's why I think. All right. But so so and I'm gonna, I'm gonna later. I'm gonna take it from there only to say. I do also think you were successful. I think you gave a voice to the voiceless. I gave you, I, I give you all the credit in trying to bring representation to a place that has been under or not represented in the state halls of government. I think you shook up the establishment. You scared the crap out of them. And as Shep says, you kind of pulled the curtain back and demonstrated what the failures when it comes to party politics really is. You know what ultimately, ultimately, hold on one sec. Ultimately, it reminds me of the time when I ran for RPV chairman so many long, uh, so many years ago that because I still believe that a party is best when it's run from the grassroots up, not from the top down. What we saw come after Hermie in that primary was the top down politics. Sure. We as the party regulars in all of our units who go to those meetings, who go to those fairs, who hand out all the all the stuff for the candidates who do everything at the grassroots level, those are the leaders of the party. They're the ones that need to take control. And that's how we get virtue and, and honesty and integrity and character back in our parties. And But I think that you handled yourself exceptionally well in the face of this fierce adversity 
that really it wasn't about you that they were against. It was what you stood for and the threat you posed to their positions of power. And for that, Shep, you're exactly right. Password, Shep. Do you know what kind of person it takes to do what you did? Well, it's not just a person. I'm, um, and Bill knows this, and you've gone through it, like you say, on a local level. Running for a statewide office, I, 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 I didn't realize how much of a strain it was going to put not only on me and my business, but my family yeah. and my close circle of friends. And But I, I'm proud of my family, and I will say this, is that they started out kind of lukewarm about they the They were idea. all in at the end of it, man. But as things started coming out, my wife and my kids, when they started seeing these mailers come out and these phone calls and these robocalls and these things that they knew were lies, these push poles, all these crazy things, they stood up for me, you know, because they knew. And they, you know, and that's the disappointing, one of the most disappointing things is people will lie or discredit somebody because they want to win an election. And when I, you know, by the time we got to the end, I mean, my, I mean, my mom, look, my mom and dad, they didn't miss an event. The day of the election, my mom and dad were riding around Southampton County visiting polling sites and talking to people. And my wife and daughters were in Suffolk in Isle of Wight. And I decided to, I, I went, I started in Isle of Wight and went all the way to Dinwiddie. I mean, hell, you had a, a great chauffeur for you that day. Yeah, Bobby Brantley. <laughs> but, you know, my mom and dad at their age were out there riding around talking to people at the polls. And my that's wife, why I'm telling you, yeah. it was not a failure. Well, yeah. failures, you win by getting the most votes. So I understand what you're saying, but, but you know. win by losing. I yeah. mean. You can still, listen, you did not sacrifice your character and integrity. I've said this word, these two words that mattered most to me because they were taught to me by my dad. You never got down on that level, okay? You you only fought fire with fire when they fired first. And you tried to give, you gave the voters an alternative. And if if you look, you won the majority of all the counties. You won. Yeah. You won. It's just that one area that she had had uh, it could dominate because of its population. Population, yeah. And that's it. Well, so there is. I, I, what I will say to what winning. Shep said, I do not regret the experience. Um, I'm disappointed that we didn't win. Um, not going to ever do it again. But um, we're going to place know, a bet and roses on that. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, well, I need look, to take Ben and Manage out of politics. Have you ever thought of a Kenny Rogers lookalike? Gig. I think you could his do beard that. is kind of sweet. He's getting gray. I mean, I, I think you could pull Kenny. I, I love the beard. Actually, I think it's pretty hot. I'm and you could lip sync the gambler. It kind of goes along with it. Right. You got to know who wins. All I right, think you could pull it off. <laughs> All right, and next week's podcast: Hermie Sadler, Mayor of Emporia, or not? But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks for listening. This we're back. We're back with a vengeance. And I think this is a great way to wrap up the journey that you've had and that we've recorded here on this podcast. I think it's a reminder to us all that politics only works and government only works if people 
dare to step forward, take the courage to get involved and get involved, win or lose. And and a podcast is going to move forward. And we are going to have some exciting podcasts. We're going to get, we're going to start hitting your Rolodex again with all your celebrity friends. We're going to learn Thank more God, about yours is empty. <laughs> yeah, well, none of none of they won't call me anymore after this. <laughs> well, you took the point. We got to we we yeah, bring in somebody back. who knows how to set up the call in Zoom situation. All right, whatever. Doing before. Yeah, I'm learning. Okay, I, it, listen. I mean, it's all on my shoulders. But you know, uh, do we have a SIM card in for this edition? Uh, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out in about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Shep. I pushed all the way in. Shut up, Shep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to this podcast. We're going to start rapid fire, putting them out, out, out. As we sit here at the Sadler Compound on beautiful Lake Gaston, just across the line of Virginia into North Carolina, so that they cannot serve us with a subpoena or an arrest. <laughs> warrant without federal intervention this is leaning right and turning left with sadler and the senator i'm state senator bill stanley i'm back i'm happy it's a reboot i'm leaning right and i'm with my buddies shep moss and hermie sadler i'm mayor future mayor of emporia come on in <laughs> i'm hermie sadler turning left leaning right and turning left is back and we're powered by pacematic shep's always good to see you and yeah, next man. week we'll have a interview on the podcast here with Carding legend and Saddle Stanley driver Jonathan Cash. Awesome. Shep, thanks God for bless. Being here. We'll see you uh, next week. Actually, it's going to start taking place in about 15 minutes, but you'll hear this next week. You know, you're like a magician that reveals the trick. You're not supposed to say that. Oh, Just all right. See you next week. Sorry. See you next week. God bless you all. <laughs> Shut up, Shep. <laughs>